Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. Hello and welcome to Asia Tech Podcast Stories. My name is Graham Brown. Today, delighted to welcome back to the show, Kinneret Karin. Kinneret, how are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you. So, for those of you that didn't catch your last podcast with us here on Asia Tech Podcast, Mm-hmm. Quick update. There was so much to talk about. Obviously, you're the co-founder of Impact Tech with Yoav. Yes. And Yoav was on the show as well. I think he's actually booked to come on the show again. So we'll have both of you on here at some point. Co-founder of Impact Tech. You had as well um, quite a successful career as an entrepreneur in Singapore. And um, I believe you're, you're, you had two exits. One of them was a, a food delivery uh, service in Singapore, correct? So in yes. That, um, okay, and then after that, uh, you were also, you, you know, you have another, you you are obviously a busy lady, you have another project, a lot of projects on the go, but Impact Tech is your sort of full focus at the moment, which is, for those that don't know Impact Tech, is an accelerator based out of Singapore focused on startups that focus on social good or social impact or positive impact. How would you describe it? Uh, so we describe it as uh, any startup that uses technology c- to create a positive impact on our society and environment. Right. Okay. I- like pump for this word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show. So the last time we spoke, it was kind of new, wasn't it? I mean, you're sort of, you know, like, uh, I mean, the whole sort of Singapore startup e- ecosystem moves at a pace. Impact Tech came along, you know, you had your first batches. Where where were you back then? So, so where did we go back August, September last year when we spoke? Where were you with Impact Tech then? And where are you now six months or more on? Okay, a lot of change. Uh, okay, so um, I think at that time we did mostly, I would say, private uh, um uh, programs so uh, we started about two and a half years ago we built ourselves and uh, created a brand and in order to create a good brand so we did uh, we just took any uh, well each time a batch of about 10 startups and ran through a four-month program and then about uh, around eight nine months ago uh, shell the energy company contacted us and mm. wanted us to start uh a corporate accelerator for them um, in the, for startups uh, related to energy and environment, so clean energy, uh, renewable energy, uh, because uh, they said um, they were very humble to say that we're a big company. We've been there for about 150 years, but we don't know uh, how to deal with startups. But we are interested to know what we don't know and to see what's out there. Mm. Uh, for us in terms of innovation and uh, so they chose us because uh, we're a bit uh, a different accelerator than all the rest first of all we're private Uh, we're not owned by anybody Uh, we opened this and started this because of our own uh, needs at that time of being entrepreneurs so we really know and feel that we know what entrepreneurs mainly in Asia need uh, and coming from our background, which is from Israel, we have that sort of a startup nation uh, mm. DNA in us. Uh, so we started to work with Shell. We ran a, 
a 20-week program tailored uh, for them, uh, for five amazing startups, and just finished that. And we also are starting now uh, a corporate accelerator for Singtel, um, which is called Singtel Future Makers. And uh, we're just now in the process of accepting applications and uh, screening the startups that will be selected. Yeah, well, I mean, th- these are amazing times that you're in. And two great clients as well that you work with. And I, I call them clients. Are you, are you working, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. is it Accelerator as a service for those companies? For sure. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. exactly like you said, we're a client. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. We're a client. We have to go through the procurement uh, yeah. system. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Takes time. And this is in, this is in Singapore. Uh, we also operate in uh, Bangkok and doing uh, very well there. We had uh, also an uh, amazing cohort and we are, we signed in a partnership with the NIA, which is a national innovation agency um, in Bangkok, right. in Thailand. It's a government agency. Um, so we're working with them and we're now in process with a few big, uh, local, uh, Thai, um, uh, corporates to start a corporate accelerator for them. But the Thai corporates are huge. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, billions and billions like it, but it's very local, but, uh, um, huge companies. So, uh, we're in the process of, uh, now closing a few. Uh, excellent. I think we had a kid. Pacharianon from the NIA on the, uh, well, he's working with them on the show uh-huh. recently. And mm-hmm. the, the whole scene's moving so fast. But, you know, I wonder when somebody like Shell comes along, mm-hmm. and obviously if they're serious and they're committed to what you're doing, that's a game mm-hmm. changer, isn't it? Because they have the resources, they have, of all the companies out there, probably the biggest need to make this happen. How does that uh, change what you're doing? Because, you know, that would, it's not just you're, testing this out with Shell because they're so big and they have so much commitment and resources that must make you think oh, wow this is really pulling us in a direction this is like the future of what we're doing here is that sort of the the model which you're heading more towards now like the corporate accelerator for impact tech uh yes and i must say that working with Shell made us sort of work better and become better because they're such a big company and been there for so many years and uh, we learned a lot, like uh, both you have and myself, we both uh, come from the corporate world. We worked in corporates for many, many, many years. So we know how it works. And uh, if you work in such a big company, you need to excel in many, many things. So it yeah. really made us think bigger and do things better. And uh, we saw a lot of value uh, for us working with uh, Shell and now with Singtel, the same thing. We're, we're working uh, to be better and become better in what we do. And yeah, it's a definitely a game changer. And uh, we feel that, yeah, corporate accelerator is the future. Right. Um, yeah. does, does that mean that you're not taking on the private batches anymore? Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I cannot say yes or no. Right. I, at this point, at this point, no. At this point, we're working uh, with Singtel, so we're doing that. Right, right. Because I mean, what I'm wondering is that, you know, this must take up so much of your resources and time. Especially, yeah, you but know, when- this is in Singapore. In Thailand now, we are starting in uh, two weeks. We are starting our next uh, private accelerator in right. Bangkok. Right. Is that with a view to get a hold in the market and then in the future develop corporate accelerators? Because that seems like a great way, like you've established, to build relationships with startups, take that yeah. to the corporate. Right. Yes, and the corporate needs to see that you have uh, yeah. it's like a... You have to show that you are here to stay and that you're good. So yeah. I don't expect a, 
a, com- a big corporate to say, hey, we want impact tech without looking at and seeing what we've done until now. Yeah. So Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the model itself and how mm-hmm. you work with these corporates. And then, and then maybe talk about the accelerator model itself because it's changing as well. You know, it's yes. not the, the plain vanilla accelerator that we know from Y Combinator. Is, you know, it, it's evolving. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you work with Shell, how, how does that happen? Does Shell give you a shopping list of the kind of, you know, sectors and technologies they're interested in? And, you know, you go and find those startups or do you do it the other way around? Do you take these startups to Shell and say, hey, look, you know, here's our first batch. Just give us an insight into how that process works. Oh, it was the the first uh, one. It was a mute. Well, Shell, um, they wanted the startups in the energy sector. Not They w- did not limit themselves. And it was like a call for applications. Everybody did their own uh, marketing blasts. And uh, we had um, a significant amount of applications. And uh, we screened them for the first screening. And then it was a committee, which was uh, Impact Tech and Shell employees uh, that were chosen to be part of this committee. And each um, startup, uh, you know, sort of pit idea and uh, sent all the information and the committee decided eventually what is important for Shell as a company mm. um, and, and because of their values or the technology they're looking into now and they eventually Shell decided okay these are the five selected startups that we want mm. uh, what are they basing them on are they basing on the fact that they have one in this particular technology or you know how are they choosing them because these I guess the challenge that you know this this culture of startups presents to a company like Shell is that they're not natural entrepreneurs. So, you know, whereas you, you might make a decision differently about teams. Yes, right? because you, exactly. You, you know, you've seen how teams develop and how important the people are as well. That They'll see different things on a day-to-day basis. So how did that work in terms of the selection? Is like, you know, were you advising them in the sense that, you know, they you you may see things that they don't see on the, the, the team side? I'm just curious, actually, the mechanics of that. Yeah, so first of all, of course, they're looking at the technology and what the startup is doing and if it's an interest to one of their departments or of, of their vision and uh, where they're uh, going ahead. And, uh, of course, we, we gave the other angle, okay, this is a great technology, but the team is, let's say, terrible or it's not going to work, it's not going to scale. Um, and, yeah, and it was like a mix. It was a, a long day yeah. <laughs> discussions, but uh, eventually the five... Uh, selected and they had, each uh, startup was amazing and uh, uh, they all did a great job and it was uh, uh, very uh, I really enjoyed this accelerator because right. the the teams themselves were very very uh, good teams it's uh, mo- all the startups uh, dealt with the hardware technology mm. uh, it uh, was the first time for us really working with hardware companies and it was very interesting and uh, it's very it's more established teams and people that are a bit more senior in their age it's not the kids the 20 mm-hmm. 25 years old so it's a bit different they have a different way of looking at things yeah more Can, mature way yeah definitely and i think as well that helps working with a corporate that they maybe have experienced that world as well they understand what works and what doesn't work Yes, and the politics. (laughs) Well, that's another part as well, isn't it? I mean, entrepreneurs don't sort of have to deal with that on a daily basis in sort of the startup world, do they? So, you know, but these large corporates move move at different speeds. Can you talk a little bit about who those five startups were, the first batch that you worked with Shell on? 
Yes, definitely. So uh, one of them uh, dealt with the hydrogen batteries for uh, uh, drones uh, and electric scooters. So using hydrogen battery, uh, it's more efficient, cost effective. And uh, so um, this is one startup and they were actually selected to pitch at uh, there is a big event for the Commonwealth countries in the UK in St. James Palace and mm. the Prince uh, Edward uh, is hosting that, and uh, so they were selected, uh, and they're there now. Uh, it's next week. Uh, so this is one startup. Uh, another one is doing uh, smart meters for utilities. Another one is doing uh, uh, wireless charging for uh, the future, of course, cars and buses, but now they're piloting with robots. Um, and another startup is uh, doing a different uh, solar panel, which was, again, more efficient and cost-effective. And the last one is a bit different. It's more, I would say, the social angle, but it's uh, he has two, uh, it's called Billion Bricks. He's doing two two things, actually. One is, a, I could call it a smart tent for the homeless. Mm. Uh, so I actually love the pitch of uh, the founder, which he says he is an architect by uh, experience and worked many, many years as an architect building homes for the rich. And he decided why not build home for the homeless. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and his tent is, uh, is really amazing. It can be in cold weather, hot weather, uh, any different, temp- you just need to flip. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, his his other thing that he's working on is uh, is like a village uh, using uh, uh, panels uh, and uh, that use the energy, and it can again be in any kind of uh, area. Uh, the roof it can be for a village uh, in uh, winter, extreme winter, mild winter, desert, uh, the street. So. It's uh, called Weather Hide. Mm-hmm. So, so very interesting story. Absolutely, that that last one, the smart tent, sounds fascinating. Is yes. he a Singapore-based guy? Yeah, everybody is. Right, all, right. all our startups are based where we are running the program. Right, right. I just wonder how they get the inspiration for that because I don't know. Every time I've been to Singapore, I've never seen homeless people. No, he's originally from India. Right, oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there, there you have it. So, how, okay, so you, your background's in service, effectively, and now you're dealing with people who are hardware people or maybe sort of on the engineering side how is that for you as a learning curve were you finding ah, that yeah yes <laughs> i'm not a very i'm 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 okay with technology but hardware and engineering is really right. not my side but yes i must say i told them also we had like a final uh, e- event and i said that my uh uh, no knowledge in technology went from let's say ten to eighty. Wow. So yeah. yes, but my husband is an engineer, so uh, he helped me, you know, really understand a right. few of the. He's your advisory board, I suppose. After yeah, hours, my, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I mean that's fascinating because you know, does does that sort of make you then reassess what the the conversations you have with? your startups is about because obviously you can't really advise them about you know 
how this solar panel should work or, you know, this RFID chip, because they'll probably know a lot more about that than you. So what was the content of your conversations with these startups? Because you, you got a very different and very sort of deep background, but in a different area, right? What were you, yeah. what were you sort of re- repeatedly advising them about? So I must say that this is why they joined the program, because although they are, let's say, in age, they're a bit older, like I said, than the young kids, and they're very tech person, people, engineers, uh, PhDs, uh, but they lack a lot of the business aspects and uh, the go-to-market strategies mm-hmm. and the marketing aspects. So this is where my forte is, and this is where exactly where I can help them. Yeah. Uh, I'm not interested to help them in their technology. It's not. It's It's their thing. Uh, this is why we had, uh, from Shell's side, uh, what Shell brought to the program is mentors and advisors from Shell, uh, but seniors, and that they really advised uh, the startups, again, less on the technology, but again, what Shell is looking into and the new trends and things like that. So they had their, I would say, their professional um, mentorship and guidance from Shell employees and of course what impact tech brings is a lot of the like is the leadership skills the more the soft skills and mm. of course all the business side which they lack yeah, yeah yeah i can imagine on the shell side they would be great at process and okay let's take this you know this product which works and turn it into you know an international business distribution chain they, they could do all that stuff right and they can mm-hmm. give you access to the engineers and so on what's, what's the commitment for the the batch are they committed to Shell after they graduate, so to speak? Is there? I mean, do Shell invest in the batch? How does it work? No. Uh, so first of all, there's no equity in this game, and uh, so Shell doesn't take equity. No one takes equity. Uh, Shell is not actually committed to anything uh, from their end, but uh, they are um, helping them, of course, raise money, and also we're helping them raise money. Uh, if the technology is interesting for them, uh, it's something that you know they may look into. Uh, but it, we just finished this batch, so things are now all in discussion. But right. they, but when the startups joined the program, they knew that you know it, they're not uh, Shell is not obligated for anything in the future. But for them to say, okay, I was selected by Shell mm. uh, for the Shell Idea Refinery program is very good for their, uh, I would say, the CV of the company. Absolutely, yeah. And on the flip side as well, I think these are great learning experiences for corporates because, you know, they, they get to learn how startups think. And it's a very important part of the puzzle which is missing for corporates, isn't it? Especially on the innovation side, is they don't naturally think about making decisions in the way that a startup would make they don't think about things like pivoting they don't think about things like minimum viable product by by default and i think as well they're often surprised when they sit down with startups how fast things move i'm just curious as as to why corporates like shell are throwing resources at that is it for them sort of you know like are, are they sort of committing people as a part of their sort of training to go and experience the startup things or you know what, what would be in it for a corporate you know in sort of what they would actually define the reason they're involved in this uh so first of all it's like i said it's you know to i don't know what i don't know so they want to see what's out there uh they're not uh, 
uh, creating innovation within a corporate is very hard. You have so many obstacles and so many people you need to, uh, you know, to explain to. Uh, we always say that uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, 14 years ago, if he would have uh, worked in a company and said, hey, I want to... Uh, uh, open this uh, this uh, application that people uh, connect with each other, send photos and update. People will look at him and say, uh-huh, this will never work. Right. Go on. Um, so um, it's hard to create innovation within a company. So And they're well aware that there are so many things out there. Uh, so this is one thing. Another thing is uh, it's part of, I think, uh, their CSR uh, to mm. help uh, young entrepreneurs. And... Uh, it's, um, yeah, uh, to do good. <laughs> yeah. How do you, I mean, on the CSR side, I always look at corporate innovation programs and obviously there's a lot in Japan because that seems to be the most popular way of, uh, you know, incubating startups is through, it's probably a less risk environment, the bigger corporate. And it's a very, in a way, it can be quite CSR led. And th- there's a flip side to that as well, isn't it? That if it's about CSR, then it's really just PR for the company in some aspects. Is that how do you make it such that this actually has an impact, right? Rather than just, well, you know, look at our annual prospectus. Look what good we're doing for startups. You actually want to see this stuff being used, right? Do you, how do you sort of see that in the future in terms of corporates and their internal accelerators? You know, trying to steer them away from just doing it for PR purposes. So, for example, Singtel, uh, they're running the Future Makers, which we're running for them now, and uh, it's under the CSR department. It's for really social tech companies. And, uh, you know, people ask, ah, it's for companies, startups related to uh, uh, communication because it's Singtel. So, no, 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 it's for startups that are doing social good. And Singtel is doing a great job. They're really investing a lot of time and effort and resources to really help companies that are doing good. Uh, it's also a regional program mm. uh, they're doing this in Singapore in uh, Australia with their um, uh, Optus which is part of Singtel and uh, in the Philippines and I think they're oh, starting to do this year also in Indonesia so they're really looking into this as a mission um, it's less PR because people are not uh, if you don't know about this program or you're not a startup or doing social uh uh, a social a, a social tech uh, startup, then you really are not aware of this. So it's mm. they're not using this for okay, uh, yeah, please use Singtel because we are helping uh, startups uh, that are doing good scale. Mm. Uh, it's really part of their mission. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that that whole model itself because accelerator programs, obviously, you know, the the last couple of years expanded in number all over the region there's a real need for this but we've seen things change as well evolve i mean i was just in shanghai a couple of days back and i spent time at china accelerator mm-hmm. um, with william balbean and his team down there it's amazing what they're doing down there and so you have china accelerator and just over the road from china accelerator you have xnode who i believe are more sort of accelerator as a startup Sorry, it's accelerator as a service. So, you know, they're not taking equity stakes, they're actually charging. They sort of deal with later stage startups, mm-hmm. so the scale up, they would call it. And then within that building of Xnode, you have Intel's Ideas to Reality Incubator, mm-hmm. which is a corporate accelerator within Intel, run by Intel. And then you also have, I mean, 
I was just walking around the building, you know, just meeting people, talking to people, doing the interviews and so on, and just bumped into somebody who was running a fashion accelerator out of the same building. So Fashion X, so run by a chap called Vincent Jen. So like in Shanghai, it's so evolved now that the idea that you could just have an accelerator and it just focus on startups. I mean, the only people doing that are China Accelerator, but they're kind of an exception because they were very, very early to the game and they're so big and so well known, you know. Um, so you're, you're seeing the sort of niching of startup accelerators all over the place. You know, people going into corporates, people looking at specific verticals and so on. What are your thoughts on that model? Because we've, we've seen it happen in Singapore. You've got obviously yourselves at Impact Tech who are um, focusing on a specific area, specific solution. You have food accelerators, I think, in Singapore now. So based out of, I think, the NUS platform e-building. And then you, I mean, you've had people like JFDI come and go as well. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the accelerator model in Singapore? Where is it going? Uh, actually, I think the accelerator model in Singapore is changing a lot. Uh, so many uh, that opened just closed. <laughs> right. uh, I think like it's... For us, uh, we're also a startup, so we pivot, we change, uh, we see the trends. Uh, like you said, what happened, let's say, four or five years ago, uh, the models, uh, the white combinator, they changed. So, um, first of all, we're changing, we're seeing the trends. Uh, I think there's always room because there's so many, again, startups, and each one is different. Uh but the idea is you really need to see what the startups need. So like you said, in China, there's the fashion one. Yes, of course, there's startups that are dealing with fashion and fashion tech, uh, which is a trend now. And you need people and advisors in that space. So you always need more and more. But accelerators need to understand that they need to change and shift and pivot. In Singapore, most of the accelerators are part of a either a big company uh, or an academy or uh, university, uh, which I personally less believe in an accelerator coming from university because university is focused on research and less on go-to-market. Mm. Um, so I don't really believe in those uh, models. Um, and Singapore is different. Uh, you have a lot of... Everything eventually is government. So, mm. uh, And being an accelerator under a sort of a government entity will not you know, help you scale a lot. Um, so I see the need. I think there are a lot of uh, uh, things to do out there. Mm. And uh, there are a lot of uh, startups on a daily basis, so many. Now cyber, everybody has a cyber uh, startup or uh, AI or mm. something in that space. So, right. Yeah, I mean, Singapore's an interesting example, isn't it? Because, I mean, you, you have a very sort of top-down approach to building the ecosystem in accelerators. But in a way, it works, doesn't it? It may be a bit strange for people coming out of the valley to see that, but it does work in, in many respects, and mainly because of the scale of Singapore. I mean, it's a small city-state, effectively, isn't it? So it does seem to happen quite well there. But, I mean, even in your city, I mean, you talk about Singtel as an example. Telstra have Murudi. I think Singtel also have... Well, they have Innovate, isn't it? They have a... Yeah, yeah, the, but it's more a VC arm. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little about Singtel as an example. What's what's happening there? Is, is that sort of done in a similar kind of model to what you're doing with Shell? 
uh, in a way, yes. Uh, we're just now in the in the application and screening process. Uh, the program itself will start in uh, early July. Uh, yeah, it's a four month program. Uh, uh, we always tailor our programs according to the startup that eventually are selected. So we have a, like a baseline of what we want and think is important for the startups to go through. And then we change and pivot again the programs according to the startup that are actually joining the program. Uh, but it's a, the high level is a four-month program. It's once a week, mentors from Singtel, advisors from our end, mentors from our end. And it's um, uh, we call the program partner of uh, Singtel mm. to run the future makers. It's very important for them the way you position it. So. Yes, big exactly. company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Tread carefully. So, future makers yeah. is the the name of the program, right? That's yes. That is yeah, the it's, uh, This is the third year they're running this. Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, where, where do you find the startups from? Where do you get uh, the word of mouth, social media? Right. Um, uh yeah it's basically these are the channels uh mm. to well, yeah mm. well, what's what's the hard part in that because that you know th- mm. there's to a lot find of, a good one yeah exactly so that's what i want to get to how, how do you do that because it's you know it's you've got a large network you're based in singapore obviously you have access to a lot of people so the flip side is a lot of people have access to you you know how do you get the right startups because it's quite time intensive mining for those startups right and sifting through the information what's yeah. working for you at the moment in terms of identifying the right startups so first of all we're looking for some kind of uh, in- innovative solution uh but if there's no innovative solution it's fine uh the team is very important the background uh and we meet the startups uh the ones that have a idea that can of course scale it's very important it's not uh, something small it's something that can scale globally and uh, according to that, we screen and we meet them. And uh, eventually, all the parameters together, uh, we score and decide who are the ones that will be selected for the mm. Singtel Future Makers. It's seven startups. Mm. Uh, and they get grant money. So it's very important to get ones that uh, will actually be smart with the money and scale. Right, right. And Singtel does have it. Do they have any specific objectives? What kind of startups they want? Do they have any. Mm. It's the ones that are uh, with a social, uh, uh, tackling a social or environmental issue. Right. Okay. So they they just say, right, okay, you've got to find us seven startups. Well, what's the grant money that they will get? Uh, it's out of a pool of $140,000. Right. It will be... Uh, uh, I don't. We don't know if it will be equally divided between them or how it will work. But this is the. There's a hundred and forty thousand dollars out there for the startup. Right, and it's a four month program. That's quite long for an accelerator. Is there any reason why that's longer than sort of the standard? No, 12? that's the. Uh, no, we usually do four months uh, from our end. That's oh, for you, usually, okay. Yeah, uh, twelve to. Yeah, three to four months. It's usually the. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So do do the the startups then go and work inside? Singtel, what's the commitment there? Do they give them uh, office space? No, uh, no, uh, they can work in our office if they want to. Right. Uh, but uh, if it's a full-time startups, which this is the one that we're looking out for, then usually they have their own office. But right. it, they can; they're more than happy to work here in our office. Right, it, we have a big office, so it's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, and it's a good vibe as well, isn't it? When you're working with yes. startups, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have seven startups for that list. How many? Startups, do you have to talk to to find seven good ones? Uh, 
Huh, a lot. Right. <laughs> uh, I What's don't. I can tell you that, but uh, we just now start. Uh, I think we'll be around fifty yeah. that we will uh, screen, and then out of them, yeah. Uh, this is like the, the hardest part of the okay. of the program of screening and finding the best startups. Right. Mm-hmm. You see that this this is the the interesting part as well in terms of that process because you obviously have the background. You've sort of you set up a startup yourself. You've executed a startup, so you've been on both sides of that table in in you know like that sort of whole curve that life cycle. You know what it takes. You know what. You know what's what's needed to make that happen, but you know you're talking to 50 startups, and I, I think the the challenge is, is that these entrepreneurs they're eternally optimistic about their companies. You know they they polish themselves very well. They they know how to answer the questions. They can go online and find you know what kind of questions an angel investor or you know accelerator program will ask them. So they like a job interview. They know how to answer these questions, right? What what is it that you do? You sort of look beyond that sort of standard CV for specific. Yeah, things? I, I have my secrets, but it can take me five minutes to say, okay, this will uh, right, this right. is a good one. This is not a good one. But yeah, I really I don't need a lot of time. I can immediately. Uh, I can tell you this is going to succeed or not. And uh, I think the problem here in, uh, let's say, in Singapore, uh, that the startups uh, immediately, they're always looking out, okay, how can I pitch and get money, 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 money? Um, and I don't believe in that. I believe you need to work. I believe you need to, uh, before you can go and ask for money, you need to have something uh, that, that you can show and that is growing. It's not enough to have even, a, let's say, an app. You need to have users and not a hundred users, you need a lot of users to show that uh, your uh, solution is actually working. Mm. So this is also something that I'm looking to see. You know? mm. Are they coming here for the money or they're they're coming here to learn? Right. Well, what gives that? I know you talked about secret sauce. You don't have to share it with us today. But <laughs> well, what gives us an insight into when you say they're coming here to learn? What are the giveaway signs? Uh, it's hard to say, but you know, if they're only into okay, how much? Okay, how much money can uh, can I get from this program? Right. That's immediately a turn off. You know? Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so they're probably thinking beyond that. They're thinking of themselves and their, the, you know, what kind of skills can I learn? Who can I interact with? Exactly. Kind of sp- All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, very important. So w- when you're you're measuring these startups and you're assessing them for Shell or for Singtel because they are social impact startups. Do how does that work with measuring their economics, if you like, compared to a standard startup going through an accelerator? Who you know, you obviously have investors who want to exit that that startup at some point. How does it work with these startups? Is are those factors still involved? Are you you know more focused on what the social impact is over whether or not this thing can be profitable in the long term? Yeah, so it's it's everything. So of course the, the social impact is important, but I would go now to the more uh, theory part and say that we're looking at the double bottom line. So it's the how much impact I can create and what is my financial model uh, mm. coming with that. So we look at everything. Okay, how much impact? Good, but can you scale? Can you grow? Um, what is the fine? How are you going to create that impact? So it's very important. Mm, double bottom line. Double bottom line. So social mm-hmm. impact plus profit. Financial. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you measure that? That 
the other part, which is not necessarily in, on the balance sheet of any sort of standard startup, the, the social impact, how would you quantify that? How would you look for that? What sort of things do you think are giveaway that this has going to have going to have a positive impact because this is all future forecasting right yes so uh, of course the technology has a lot of part into this uh, if you're doing a, a one-to-one or a one-to-many let's say an education app is usually a one-to-many uh, i'm using my platform my educational platform let's say it's an app to teach uh, young kids uh, that are uh, have, uh, you know, I don't know, some kind of issues. How So if it's an app, it's a one-to-many. So that's a lot of impact I can create, mm. uh, unless a one-on-one. Or if I need uh, money in order to download this app, of course, uh, I narrow the impact. Um, mm-hmm. okay. So small things like that. But the technology has a lot of part into this. So. Yeah. So what about yourself in terms of impact tech and your future plans? Because... It sounds like there must be a hundred thousand potential corporate clients out there who need mm-hmm. this service, right? So, which is great. However, that then raises the question of where do you start? Because, you know, Singapore is obviously a fantastic ecosystem. I love it. I love spending time there. I think there's some amazing entrepreneurs and technology companies there. However, it's still a small market. I mean, it's a city of five million people. I mean, you, the, the challenges you have, access to half the world's population in a five-hour flight, right? You know, three and a half billion people on your doorstep. Where do you start? Because you must be thinking about what's out there, different cities, you know, different clients, bigger reach and so on, because it definitely the demand is there, right? Uh, so we are like the startup that I interview. Uh, I always think about how I, how I can scale and grow, <laughs> So Singapore, I, I look at it as, uh, I wouldn't say my better site, but it's like, a learn. this is this is where I live. I love this place. Uh, this is like the headquarters. Uh, but yeah, we're looking to grow and scale. And Asia is a big enough market, like you said. Everything is very close by um, and so many people and so many issues, so many social issues here. Uh, so we have our operation in Thailand, which is going very well. And like I said, we're in a few discussions with a big corporates uh, to start uh, corporate accelerators in Thailand. Uh, we also are now uh, setting up in Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong is will be a bit different, but again, uh, a lot of uh, um, companies there uh, and a lot of uh, uh, good startups that are now, it's uh, becoming, a, it's always a fintech hub, but now there are more and more uh, social uh, tech companies in Hong Kong. Uh, we're also... Um, we have our something in Japan. It's a bit different. Japan is, uh, I think you live in Japan, so you know it's a different, mm. different, different, different culture. And uh, we're now also starting in a, soon in another country uh, in the Southeast Asia uh, region. So we are scaling. Uh, we are growing. And what we bring is something very different than all the rest of the accelerators. Like I said, we're private. We've been there. We've done that. And we give it a very, very personal angle. And I think this is what people like or they don't like. So mm. competition is good. Choice, um, yeah. Yeah, so people have a choice and they can choose us. Or yeah, not. so why did you choose Hong Kong out of interest? Uh, we always go by opportunities. Uh, Hong Kong was always an uh, opportunity for us. Um, um, 
there was a, a, a social enterprise uh, summit uh, last year and there was a lot of interest after that. And uh, we've been the AVPN, the Asian Venture Philanthropy Network, ha- uh, that we're very, uh, we're members and we're very close to them and their operation. And um, they have operations in uh, Hong Kong uh, and we've been working with them a few times to sort of see. And uh, yeah, we had a good opportunity there. We have a good partner there, and now we're setting up our Hong Kong. I after you, I have actually a call with uh, my Hong Kong partner. There so. you go. It's exciting <laughs> times as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely demand in the region, and even setting up Hong Kong for your hardware startups in Shell as yes. well. I mean, that'd be, you know, you've really created a bridge for those guys as well into... Yeah, it's a bridge to China. Yeah, Hong exactly. Kong is our bridge to China. And mm-hmm. You're just over the water from Shenzhen, which is the hardware capital of the world as well. So that'd be a real bonus for those guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's sort of round up in terms of the startups that you are interested in, because you now have access to two you know, great brands in, in Asia with Singtel and Shell. And they must be constantly on the lookout for new startups and you're at the, you know, the cutting edge and you're out there talking to people and so on. Who are you interested in hearing from? What kind of startups, what kind of ideas would you like to reach out to you? Having listened to this interview as well, I mean, what kind of setups? You've already mentioned, for example, you don't want people just necessarily with an idea. You've got to bring something which is a bit further down the line. You know, they've, they've actually gone out and committed. What are you interested in? Who do you want to hear from? Uh, people that uh, believe in the same cause that uh, we have today, I would say the resources to, uh, uh, because of the affordability to technology, we can do uh, many things uh, to create really positive impact on our society and, of course, on the environment. Um, so startups that are doing that, uh, it can be in anything. Uh can be, uh, you know, dealing with uh, road accidents. It can be uh, better infrastructure uh, for urban uh, living. It can be helping the aging population. It can be uh, better nutrition and health. Uh, so a very, very wide umbrella of uh, issues. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, uh, good people that... Uh, I really want to work and are hardworking and uh, believe in uh, doing something mm. uh, good for our human race. Yeah. This is very, very high level words, but yes, just any startup that is really doing positive impact. And uh, But even ideas are good. You just need to find the good people that can execute these ideas. Right. What would be the, then the sweet spot for those startups to contact you? What stage? Because there's, there's a stage which maybe it's too early and maybe there's a stage where it's too late as well to benefit from an accelerator program, right? I don't think there's too early or too late. Uh, too late, never. Uh, you always, people that even, let's say, uh, raised uh, round A or B, if they're humble enough to say, hey, I want to learn more, I want mm-hmm. to be better, you know, it's, it's, I think it's great people. Um, in terms of people with only ideas, you know, always happy to hear ideas and consult and help and see how how we can take this idea to the next level if it's a really, really good and unique one. Excellent. Kinaret, thank you so much for coming back and sharing your journey with us. And all the best with your ventures in Hong Kong and beyond. I'm sure you're going to announce some news as well in the next few weeks, few months about your your new 
territory that you're going to be in as well. So that's exciting. And yes, thank you very much. As well with your, your first batch with Singtel. So is that underway already or are you just in the moment finalizing? No, just finalizing screening startups now. Well, that'd be a great experience as well. So look forward mm-hmm. to hearing how that goes with you. And I'm sure as well that you'll have other corporate clients as well in the future. So exciting times. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing that with us. And we look forward to getting an update at some point in the future. And for those people, for those who are listening, are in that space, that social impact space, everything that Kinera talks about in terms of, you know, doing good. And as she says, there's no necessarily too early and too late stage in your product cycle, you know, reach out and, you know, make that intro because if it really does have a benefit, then, you know, you need to get into one of these programs, get into one of these corporate venture programs as well, because that could really benefit from you because the the skills you're going to learn from that, you're not just hanging around with entrepreneurs and mentors and advisors like Kinneret or Yoav and that network as well, but also that corporate world, which can give you access to so much. Like even Kinneret, you said yourself, you've learned so much from this process. So startups can gain. How do they make contact with you? What's the best way? Is it through LinkedIn, through your website? What would you prefer? Uh, link, LinkedIn is great. Website is great. Uh, You're easy. Anything. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm Flexible. out there. <laughs> Fantastic. Kinneret, thank you so much. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.